Well, good morning, church. How are we doing today? Good. Who's a little tired this morning? Lost an hour of sleep last night. Hey, but it's a good thing because now we get more sunlight, right? Who is appreciative of the sunlight? Means we're getting close to those 930 sunsets in the summer. Praise the Lord, and 70 degrees, 80 degrees, and 90. Well, hey, anyways, I'm Corey. If we haven't met, I would love to meet you at some point. I'm kind of the new face here uh, at the team at Sunrise, and uh, would just love to connect with you if you can. And uh, I hang out with all of the sixth grade on up students, and it is an absolute joy and a pleasure. So anyways, we just want to say good morning. We're so excited that you are here. Um, if you are a guest, we just want to say thanks for hanging out with us today. We really appreciate you taking time to be with us. And uh, there's a QR code on the back of your seat if you wouldn't mind scanning that uh, and checking in. We would just love to be able to connect with you. Um, we have also have little connect cards that if you want to fill those out, just put a few bits of information on there. Uh, and if you have any questions at all about us here at Sunrise, we would love to answer those questions. And also, just because we're so thankful, we would love to send you a gift later this week in the mail. Because who doesn't love free gifts? Come on now, right? Gifts are amazing. Well, hey, a couple other things. We have our first high school hangout tonight. It's at the Dupuis house from 5.30 to 7.30. So that is all of our high school students, and they are welcome to invite their friends. Uh, there will be pizza, games, and more. I'm sure there will be sh shenanigans because what youth group event happens without shenanigans at some point? Uh, we would love to have you there. Uh, additionally, ladies, are my ladies in the house today? Anyone? Like, no, like, woo, like nothing? <laughs> Just like, Corey, shut up. It's, it's, it's early. It's early. Anyways, ladies, we have wine and theology tomorrow night at the Hudsonville Pub. Uh, we would love to see you there. I mean, who doesn't love just to get together, drink wine, and talk theology? That sounds like, I would like to go, but I'm not a lady, so I can't go. That's for me on Tuesdays. Am I correct? On Tuesdays? I guess so. Okay. Anyways, lastly, uh, Wednesday, March 22, Sunrise students, we are going to be going to Hudsonville Lanes, and we're going to go bowling instead of being at youth here. Uh, so I will be sending out details shortly to all of you parents about that so you guys can get information so we can go bowling. All right. Well, that's what I have. I'm going to hand it off to Dan, and we're going to go into worship. Yeah, let's worship. Why don't you guys go stand with us? We were having some fun during rehearsal this morning, bringing some joy and laughter. So we're going to extend that joy as we worship, as we sing today. So why don't we sing a glorious day and open up this, this service with some noise. Let's do this. And I was buried beneath my shame and who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures I tried. called my 
We're separated from your love, from our sins. Jesus, you became the bridge to break that separation, to draw us close to your heart. Thank you, Jesus. You brought us from darkness to light, from despair to hope, from guilt and shame to joy and love. So God, we just rest in that goodness right now. We say no to the enemy that's trying to tell us lies about what we were. And we rest in your goodness, Jesus. We rest in the light and the peace. So God, we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You guys can take a seat. All right, good morning, Sunrise. How are we doing on, uh, on the worst day of the year? 
kid, I kid, I kid, right? Today's the day the Lord has made and all those good kinds of things. Um, so, so today we are going to continue on our journey series, and today we're talking about a journey with others. Are we, there we go. And, and we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 today. But some of you are probably wondering why I'm actually wearing a football jersey as March Madness is beginning to start. Anybody thinking about that? You wondering about what's going on? Most of you are like, I just don't care. <laughs> um, I care nothing about the sports ball. Uh, but for those of you that, that do, today we're going to be talking about journeying with others. In our discovery groups, we're going to be looking at how Jesus sent out his disciples two by two. And today the message is going to center around the fact that we have been built for relationship and community. That the one, one of the things that is commanded of those of us who follow Jesus is that we go where we're going, right? This, not an errand, but a journey. We journey together is that it's about unity, and it's a, not about uniformity, but it's, but it's about us doing something in community. And, and it prompted me to, to think back to a, to a story that happened, oh, a few, a few months ago, but, but, but to ask a question, and maybe, maybe here's the question that I want us to ask while, while we start here today is, do you care more about the name on the front of the jersey than you do the name on the back of the jersey? This was, this was a comment that was made um, Actually, by Larry Bird when he was inducting uh, Kevin McHale into the, into the Basketball Hall of Fame. But So a few months ago, my boys got me a, a present for Father's Day. And it was one of the greatest Father's Day presents that I have ever received. And, and it was tickets to the Monday night football game, Bengals-Browns football game, on Halloween night in Cleveland at First Energy Stadium. Now, my friends, I've been a Cincinnati Bengals fan for all of my life. I cried in 1980 when Dirty Joe Montana and the San Francisco 49ers stole the Super Bowl <laughs> from Kenny Anderson, Chris Collinsworth, and my beloved Bengals. I was irate when the NFL literally, you can look this up on the internet, when the NFL literally changed the rules on Sam Weish, Boomer Esiason, Chris Collinsworth, and Anthony Munoz to again steal the Super Bowl from them in 1988. Although I'm happy for Matthew Stafford, um, I will forever hate him on principle <laughs> for beating Joe and the boys a couple of years ago. But I was able to go to this Monday night football game. And, and friends, if, if you follow football at all, you realize that Cincinnati went on a, a terrorizing winning streak. And... The last game that they lost of this past season was in the AFC Championship game, but if you know what happened to my beloved Bengals, you'll know that the game that they lost just before that was the Halloween game in First Energy Field. I went to an absolute beatdown of my beloved Bengals, you guys. They got their pants pulled down and spanked. I mean, it wasn't even funny. Like, it was literally, like, it was corporal punishment. It was public humiliation. It was one of the worst sporting experiences I've ever had because they were dominated in every way possible. And to add insult to injury, I'm wearing this jersey in Cleveland, Ohio, with 60,000 drunken Cleveland Browns fans. And at one point... 
At one point in the third quarter, I don't know, Caleb, the third quarter, you were there, you remember. Caleb had the good sense to not wear, right, to, to not wear a jersey. He's like, I don't know, man, I'm just going to wear a shirt. I'm not going to, you know, stand out. Um, Drew, who was a Browns fan, had a Jarvis Landry jersey and this kind of stuff. But in the third quarter, there was this drunk behind me that started yelling, hey, Burrow! <laughs> I see you down there, Burrow. right? Cleveland's driving for yet another touchdown. I'm sitting there like this. He's heckling me. And as the game ended and my beloved Bengals had just gotten destroyed, I stood up and I looked back. I gave him a salute and I said, I'll see you at our place in a few weeks. Now, friends, after that, the only thing I regret about that night was that I didn't get that man's phone number so that I could text him every subsequent week after that. But it got me thinking. We're talking about this idea of, of one, one another's, and, and, and those of you, right? So those of you that, that, that are Detroit Lions fans, you know what it's like, right? You know what it's like. Because you have to care. You have to care more about the name on the front of the jersey than you do on the back of the jersey. So, so this, this, this caused me to think, right? Do we care more about the we or do we care more about the me? Because I think part of the thing that's got us into trouble, I'm going to be honest, over the last few years, is that we care a whole lot more about the name on the back of the jersey than we do about representing Team Jesus out in the world in which we live. Oh, he's meddling now, isn't he? Let, let, let's look at this passage of Scripture, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get going real quick. It says, therefore, and, and this is appealing to everything that's come before this, that we'll cycle back and get here in just a second, but, but therefore, because of everything I've said leading up to this, if you have any encouragement, and literally, when you see this word encouragement here, uh, read consolation or comfort, right? It's not just being like, you know, hey there, buddy, how's it going, right? The idea here is someone scooping up a weeping child to comfort them. It's, it's putting an arm around a spouse who is grieving the loss of his wife of 63 years. If there's any consolation, if there's any comfort from being united with Christ, and the assumption is here that there is, that it makes a difference, that we grieve, but we don't grieve like the rest of the world does, if any comfort from his love, right? Get that, the, the divine agape that comes from the Almighty. If any common sharing in the Spirit, common sharing, folks, the, the word here is the word koinonia, it's fellowship, it's, it's this familial allegiance that ought to happen as we enter into the family of God, as we step on to Team Jesus. Now, now again, not... Not like an abusive family, not like, right, not like a dysfunctional family, but a family as it ought to be, right? Any common sharing. And this idea of common sharing is, 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 is carried along this idea of it also comes with it familial privilege. If any tenderness, if any compassion, then make my joy complete, Paul says, by being like-minded, not uniformity, but unity. 
not always thinking the same thing, not, not agreeing on every minute point, but really understanding what it means to tolerate each other. Quick aside, we live in a culture, friends, where tolerance has been reinvented to mean absolute agreement. That's not tolerance. Tolerance is Roger loving me anyway. (laughs) Do you get it? Is that despite the fact that Pam Nykirk would wear this dirty, rotten jersey all day long, we love her. Why would I do this? You you would wear this, wouldn't you? Right? (laughs) Tolerance is love despite disagreement. It's Michaela's, actually. I think it is. Is it Michaela's, Caleb, or is it yours? Okay. Yeah. And this is yours, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Ten, I, I'd, I'd pay $10 to see you try to squeeze into it right now. That's the... All right. Didn't make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love, right? The same, what, what, what love? His love. Being one in the spirit and of mind. Team Jesus. It's we're about Team Jesus. Michaela came home and, and, uh, the other day from school, and she's taking this world religions class, and she's loving it. Um, being of one mind. I want to make sure that... Yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, and she, she's, she's loving it. But it was really interesting. Uh, she came home and she said, Dad, I just got to vent to you for a minute. I'm like, okay, buddy, what was going on? She said, well, we were, we, we were reading the Sermon on the Mount and, and I had these several kids that were around my table. And, and she said, I really was getting angry. And I said, well, what was happening? She said, well, they, they, they were kind of talking, they were kind of talking trash about Christianity. And I said, oh, okay. How'd that make you feel? And this is what she said. She said, it's one thing when I do it. <laughs> It's something altogether different when somebody outside the family does it. Boy, how does that ring true, though, doesn't it? Right? Oh, I can talk trash about my brother all day long, but do not say one word. Having the same love, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Folks, and this, this, this doesn't mean self-harm. It means other-focused. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. I wonder. I wonder if those outside the church think the same way about us as Michaela felt about those kids around her table that were talking trash about Christianity. I wonder if those of us that are part of Team Jesus, if we would be better off if we cleaned up our own house before we tried to point fingers and tell somebody else how to clean up theirs. I wonder, I wonder if we might be further along if we worked on having healthy, God-honoring marriages in our own house, rather than barking at the culture for how they're doing it or not doing it. As I read this passage, I, I, I kind of I, I boil it down this way. 
I think that if you boil this, this particular passage down into sort of one, one pregnant sentence, it, it, it could be stated like this. Church, if you're striving for the gospel, you're doing it together. Striving for the gospel is not a solo endeavor. It's not something that we were, were called to do all by ourselves. I'm telling you, I love me a little bit of Joe Burrow. I could do without some of the outfits he walks into the stadium with. I love Joe Burrow, but you put Joe Burrow out there against 11 other NFL players, and he's not going to get anything done. Joe is nothing without Jamar and T and Ty on the outside. He's nothing without the offensive line. And the reality is, I think that the Apostle Paul is saying some of the same things here, is that we all have a calling, and we all have a role, and we all have a part to play, but the reality is, is that not a one of us can do it together because we're not supposed to. We have been built and made for community. If you're striving for the gospel, you're doing it together. There's a call to unity but more than a call, there's a declaration of the apostle that this is the way of the Spirit. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, well, what's the therefore? Therefore. Well, if we, we look a few verses up, and I've, I've kind of taken this and, and distilled it down. The apostle begins in, in the movement before the, the, the section that we read by saying, whatever happens, whatever happens. Can we pause there just, just for a second? And let that sink in. Whatever happens. A pandemic rages the globe. Your preferred candidate does or does not get elected. Contention in the larger culture. Competing cultural truth narratives depending on your preferred media consumptive outlets. Shifting cultural morals. When you're tempted to react in a certain way towards pluralism. When you're tempted to care more about the name on the back of the jersey than the front of the jersey. No matter what, whatever happens. Oh, it got serious there, didn't it? Whatever happens, even when things that I don't like take place, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. You see, it was interesting growing up in, in, in my house, and this is, this is where the metaphor kind of gets a little bit mixed, right? There was, dad had a theology for everything. Um, dad had a theology of fighting. There were five points to our theology of fighting. And if we got in a fight or a scrape or something and we came home and we could answer all five of those questions to dad's satisfaction, he was like, okay, I don't know that this was right, but it's justified. Go about your business. I'll share that with you sometime. It's really kind of intentional and, and kind of crazy. Right? But, but growing up, we heard this a lot. Remember who you are and who you represent. Oh. We don't act that way in this house. This is how we function. This is who we are as representatives of Christ and as representatives of the name that we have been given and entrusted. The apostle says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel 
without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. You guys, I think this is what the world wants us. I, I think this is one of the, the key darts of the enemy that he has lobbed at the church is that he gets us to fear and to demonize one another. When we look at another human being and we denigrate the Imago Dei in that person because of what they do or what they believe or how they fight, right? all of those kinds of things, when we denigrate the image of God in somebody, especially other people who name the name of Christ, what we do there is we participate in something that is anti-gospel, not gospel. And the enemy knows that if he can pit us against one another and if he can get us to fear one another, then that goes a long way into fostering disunity. For it has been granted to you, the apostle goes on, on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to, oh, and here it is, to suffer for him. Can I tell you, my friends, one of the things that we have to do is we have to begin in the church of Jesus Christ to cultivate a better and deeper and more robust theology of suffering. Because the reality is, the reality is, You're not going to win every game. Not everything's going to go your way. You're not going to always be fat and satisfied and happy. We are going to face trouble and disappointment. There are going to be times in our lives where we fully expect to march into First Energy Field wearing our Joe Burrow jersey and be smug and superior to the 60,000 drunken Cleveland Brown fans, and it doesn't work out our way. Nick, I hate to tell you, there are going to be times where Calvin's going to beat the Dutchman. Nick's like, I don't receive that. (laughs) So what do we do? The apostle continues on and he says, if there is any gospel manifestations among you, and there are, there is unity, there is comfort, there is this common or familial sharing, there is tenderness, there is compassion, there is humility, there is oneness. If there are any of those things that are among you and they're there, they're there. Well, then, then make my joy complete by living in true community. Then make my joy complete by living in true community. Well, how do you do that? Well, don't be solely concerned with yourself. Folks, and this, this doesn't mean that you don't care about things. Right? It doesn't mean that you have to not care about the name on the back of the jersey at all. Right? You, you feed yourself, you clothe yourself, you take care of yourself. You, you do all those kinds of things. But, but the reality is, what does it mean to be a part of Team Jesus? You don't think it all rests on your own efforts. Maybe this is the flip side of that. Folks, how many of us have grown up with all kinds of guilt and all kinds of shame because we felt like that it was our responsibility to do something that only God could do? You carried that guilt and shame much? Oh, it's oppressive and it's crushing. But, but what if we, we, we intended, as the apostle intended, I think, to walk in these two truths? Don't solely, but right, right, be others focused, but understand it's not all up to you. It's not all up to me. Make my joy complete by not living in fear. 
part of the thing that's interesting about this is that it's, it's easy to look at people and say, oh, don't be afraid. But the responsibility is to craft cultures and places and spaces and families where love overpowers fear. You see, what, is, what does the scripture tell us? It says that it's perfect love that casts out fear. How do we make brave children? How do we foster bravery in people? Well, we love them well. And do. Do look out for the interest and the welfare of others. As the worship team comes to, to get our, our, our final song, I'm reminded again of the question that, that Cain asked of God when God comes to, to Cain and he meets him and after he's killed Abel, and he says, where's your brother? And Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? Well, well the answer to that question that isn't specifically given is yes. Why, yes, you are. We were never meant to do this all by ourselves when we contend for the gospel, when we're striving for the gospel, we, we do it together. Why? Because there's, there's something about being a part of Team Jesus. There's something about part of being invited into his family that changes us, that changes our allegiance, that changes what we most care about, that, that makes me care about things that I normally wouldn't care about because I care about my family and the people that I love. When it comes to certain aspects of my life, I'm a real planner. And the reason that I'm a planner is because I'm not super organized. Like if you ask me, Dennis, what are you going to be doing next week? Eh, I got a few things on the calendar, but mostly I try to hide and do nerdy stuff. But if you ask me, Dennis, what are you going to be doing on Friday, November the 3rd of 2023? I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. Um, I'm, I'm going to be in the Boonstra Gymnasium at Kuiper College. And I know exactly what I'm going to be wearing. I'm going to be wearing a Boyce College Bulldogs shirt. Well, Dennis, are you a Boyce fan? No, absolutely not. Do you like what they're doing down to Boyce? No, I really don't. Do you have some of your favorite theologians and biblical scholars and whatever that teach at Boyce? Oh, not even close. But I'm going to be wearing a Boy Scout's t-shirt, and I'm going to be screaming my guts out. And I don't know how many good old Christian Reformed folks it might take to shut me up or throw me out of the Boonstra gym, but I'm fixing to find out. And that t-shirt on the back of it, it's going to have a number 44. I'm going to go down to Stephanie's down here, and I'm going to have her put that on the back. And at the top of it, it's going to say moles across it. I know where I'm going to be because next year my nephew is going to be playing for Boyce College, and that's when they're playing Kuiper. You see, the reality is, folks, is that sometimes being a part of Team Jesus makes us go places that we would normally walk around. It makes us do things that are uncomfortable to us. It, it calls us to a journey that maybe, it calls us to a journey. It calls us to love people. It calls us, it calls us to spaces where we naturally might not go. But the reality is, is that if we care more about the name that's on the front of the jersey than we do about the name that's on the back of the jersey, sometimes it's about who he is and what he wants in representing his good reign than it is about me getting everything that I want to being comfortable and happy in everything that life has to offer. But here's the crazy thing, is that here's what I know, is that while I'm in that gymnasium and I'm sporting that shirt and I've got all those things, I know that there's going to be at least, at least one person that's going to be with me because I'm going to make Amy go. 
and she's going to be wearing a boys' college shirt with 44 on the back. Oh, to be a church that would care more about the name on the front of the jersey than the name on the back. Dan? I'm going to close in song. As we do this, we'll also worship by giving our tithes and offerings. There's a bucket in the back, but put the doors and QR codes in front of you. You can scan that. Um, we're just going to rest in his presence and, and worship together and sing in unity to him. Let's worship. Well done, good and faithful. I live.
we are. as we go from this place today, go in the name and for the sake of King Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, and where he orders your steps and where he, he leads you go, and sometimes that, that might be into hostile places. It might be places where we're uncomfortable. It, it might as Jesus led his disciples into Samaria in John 4, it might lead us into places that we would prefer to walk around. But if we understand that it's about the name on the front of the jersey and not the name on the back, we with our lives demonstrate what we have just prayed. Here we are, Lord. Send us in the name and for the sake of our Lord, our King, our Savior, our friend and older brother, Jesus.